Okay, Jason, the UIL has announced their plan for fall sports. What do you think? Sounds a little sketchy. All right, the Astros played some real baseball yesterday. How do you feel? They put the league on notice. And Jason, the NBA bubble is working. I would say I'm actually pretty excited about that. Man, we'll have all this and more right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. This is the Right On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. And here we are, the Ride On Sports Podcast with I'm Gabe Myers. I'm Jason Cassera. So I, w- I want to say something before we start. So when we started this show, we wanted to be like very local, but then all sports in the world went on hold, which with that went local sports. So we haven't been able to do that up until now. Plus summertime. Yeah, it's summer, t- but we were in theory we could have had like the hooks. Yeah, um, just like something, probably some like Islander stuff going on. But they don't know what's going on with their season. The NCAA mm-hmm. is kind of no one really knows what's going to happen. Um, but we finally have some local sports to talk about here. We got a a hint of what may be to come with the uh, Texas UIL finally dropping some guidance to schools across the state of Texas. And we definitely want to get into talking about how it's going to affect our schools here in the Coastal Bend. Yeah, so it's, um, man, let, let's get right into it here. So what ultimately they decided, and I'm not a fan of it. I don't think Jason is either. I don't think there are a lot of fans of it. Unless maybe you're a parent with a kid uh, potentially getting a scholarship to Alabama, you know, and you want them to be on the field really badly. Well, it's not about them being on a field. What I don't like about it, so I'm happy, selfishly I'm happy that high school football looks like it's, looks like it's going to happen because it's going to help us out a lot for growing this podcast in the fall <laughs> that high school sure. football is happening because we're going to be able to get coaches on the show and other guests that have to do with high school football here in the Coastal Bend. But what I don't understand is the UIL decided, okay, 1A through 4A schools – Y'all can play basically normal, like as normal. Like mm-hmm. y'all can go as normal, but five and six a the bigger schools, <laughs> you guys have to wait an extra month. I don't like. Can you help me understand what the it's logic behind things. this is? Yeah, it's. it's I, I can't find the logic, and and not only that, I I think they're doing their best. Like I don't ever want to discount people in these positions because I think they are trying to do their best. It's just short sighted when it comes to, uh, like in the text message yesterday, you said it. If you can't go full, then don't do it at all. Not, not Those weren't your exact words, but basically I feel the same way. If you can't go 100%, then why do it at all? Because you're shortchanging the kids uh, from some of the games they normally play, like rivalry games. That was a big one that stuck out to me right away. Is like um, being a Corpus Christi Cal Allen guy is the Gregory Portland game that they played 30, 40 years in a row. It's off the table. So 4A can't play 5A, obviously, if they don't start at the same time. Theoretically, maybe they could slip it in late in the season, but that's not going to happen. We know that. They're not going to... Well, how many non-district football games get played after the first three, four weeks of the exactly. year? Exactly, and so you're not going to turn around and bend it that way, right? Plus, now at that point, you're you're hopefully making the playoffs, and you're focusing on that and not maybe playing your rival at the end of the season. I don't know. Well, also, if it's a non-district game, so it's... Because you play non-district games early in the season because you're trying to figure out your team. It almost works right. as preseason in the NFL. Now it's still like it goes on your record still on like a preseason NFL game, but you're trying to figure out okay, 
maybe you have a position battle at wide receiver or running back or heck even quarterback or wherever mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out okay when we get into district play when we get into the games that really matter for playoff seating and heck if you even make the playoffs who is going to be on the field that's what these non-district games for coaches that's what these games are for mm-hmm. now you don't get that now like you or you're still going to get that you're still going to have these non-district games between 4a schools playing other 4a schools or i guess 3a or whoever but what you're not going to get you're not going to get the um you're not going to get that rivalry game like you said the cal allen versus um cal allen versus gregory portland and also a game i was really looking forward to seeing this year was was not portland um corpus christi miller against veterans memorial a rematch of that third round playoff game from a year ago because right. now miller's 4a and uh vets memorial is still 5a so that game's not going to happen totally off the table and then, then you know, when we broke down and we did our amazing analysis of of all these matchups, and not only that, but the difference between the districts now is District 15 in uh, 5A Division One. That's a big district, and they have a very full schedule. But then looking at 4A uh, in our district here, uh, it's a lot smaller. So the di- so District 15 4A uh, Division One I, I believe uh, it's a lot smaller here, mm-hmm. but it's a monster it's a monster monster district. So in this district you have Cal Allen who's been a power for the last thirty years or however they they are I think they're the power in coastal since Bend before football. you were born since before I was born gosh I so weird yeah since you were in high school since I was in high so school. weird um. Yeah. I have to, he if he gets to make fun of me for being young, I get to make fun of you for being old. It's the ultimate dig. Yep. Uh, but so Cal Allen, who's been a power here forever, um, Corpus Christi Miller, who last year had an undefeated regular season, went to the third round of the playoffs in 5A, and in Port Lavaca, Calhoun, who beat Cal Allen last year and won the district Cal Allen was in last season. And they they've been pretty good for a while. now. They've been good for a while. So that's yeah. a monster. And then so not only those teams. But Alice had a good year last year. Beeville won 10 games last season. And Toloso Midway had their first playoff season in like 20 years last year. Yeah, they're almost they're they're like the upstart finally. They've been waiting a long time, but you know they've they haven't beat Cal Allen for like 30 some odd years. Oh man. But see, like Toloso Midway <laughs> probably coming in just the preseason outlook was would pro- that's a six team, it's a small district. Yeah. Six team district. They're probably the worst team in that district. And they made the playoffs last year. That's a monster district. That's a monster district. And you you had a bold prediction about a team coming out of that district that they have a chance at a state championship. And that's pretty So amazing. I uh so backstory, I went to the Texas State Championships last year. Um and I watched the so the first games that I watched were 4A Division 1 and 4A Division 2. Now the 4A uh the 4A D2 team that won Carthage, I don't think anybody from the Coastal Bend could beat Carthage. But Carthage has now moved up to 5A. Carthage okay. is gone, and I I wasn't impressed with the other 4A teams that made it. And the reason why I think a Coastal Bend team could make it is because last year, Wimberley played Pleasant Grove in a 4A D2 title game or 4A D. I forget which one, but they in one of the 4A division and in one of the 4A title games, Wimberley, who's an Austin area school, mm-hmm. made it to the title game. Wimberley in the third round played Rockport Fulton and beat them by one. Now, okay. Cal Allen, Miller, and Port Lavaca are all way better than um, than Rockport Fulton was last year. I watched Rockport Fulton play last year. Okay, Those three teams are all way better than Rockport. And Wimberley, who was a finalist and was competitive in that state championship game, beat Rockport by one point. Hmm. 
I think a team from this district has a great chance to go all the way to the state championship game, and I have a theory on who they will play, but you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I really believe that a team from di- – my bold prediction for high school football is a team from District 15 4A will make it to the state championship game. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> so, no. Well, and, and, and the teams potentially that I think would possibly come out um, – uh, Region 2, I think, is probably your stronger other region. You know, that, that Waco area, District 5, um, you know, generally speaking, I think you usually have some pretty good teams that come so, out there. Yeah, Waco La Vega is actually the team that I was thinking yeah. you would see in the state championship and game, Steve, and they have a great history. Stephenville has a great history. I don't know if they're good right now. Uh, That's where Jarrett Stidham, the new, the Patriots quarterback, he's from oh, Stephenville. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, Brownwood, Alvarado. Uh, a lot of those schools have been good for a long time, so – um, I would imagine that I, I couldn't have much of a disagreement with you there uh, as far as that goes. Wichita Falls usually has some good teams. Um, but see, they wouldn't – no one from CCISD – or I guess those aren't CCISD schools. But nobody from um, from the Coastal Bend would see them until the state championship game. Right. And all, and in Austin and San Antonio, all the really high-level schools are in 5A and 6A. Yeah. They're not really in 4A because all the high schools there are bigger. So you get – I'm telling you, I really think – a coastal bend school outside of refurio because refurio every year seems like they're they're the right. alabama of what are they 2a yeah they're the alabama of 2a football for so long for so long did you see their rings oh no i haven't yeah i saw a picture they got their rings and they were they were pretty they were nice um yeah so th- i think 4a it's going to be impressive it'll be really impressive and very competitive uh, so that's that's exciting to look forward to. I'm very excited to see if they can make it to the state championship game. I just wonder how the yeah. So district play, if that's all they're gonna do. So I, they didn't say they couldn't. Did they say they couldn't do non-district games? I I just I haven't th- seen anything about that. I think you can still do non-district games, but because of the start times, a four A team won't be able to play a five A team or six A team. It'll it'll they'll have to so, be jumping through hoops. So, so they'll have to play the other four A teams or like go down go down a division. Yeah. Gosh, how interesting would it be if like Refurio went Oof. and played a four A team? Yeah, and like maybe Refurio loses, but it'd be good. It'd be good for Refurio just to like. Where would they lose? Play up, what man? That, but see, so that's that, the fear of the powerhouse. So that's the like. fear of like Cal Allen. Yeah. is like you know what if Refurio beat and like Refurio? There's no shame in losing to them, but it's like man, we lost to a two A school. Now right. it's the best two A school in this state. But yeah. it's still losing to a two-way school. I think that would be really cool if they threw that on the schedule. Now, I, re- I remember back in my high school days, and it might have been a few years later. So Cal Allen played Quero in, uh, God, I guess it was late 90s, early 2000s. But I think they won one and lost one. But they were a powerhouse then. I don't know if it was deflating for the team, but it's not unprecedented for teams to do that. And I don't know. I think it would be cool. I would like to see someone else try it first, though, like TM, play Refurio, and then see how it goes. You know? Man. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Cal Allen or like Miller or Port Lavaca will play Refurio. I just saying, I, I would like to see it personally. We definitely would like to see it personally. Just make me the dictator of sports and let me do what I please. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I guess more will definitely come out on this, and hopefully, even by the time you guys hear this published, when it comes out on Thursday, maybe there'll be more guidance by then. Uh, but generally speaking, it just seems a little bit odd that you would say, "Let's let 4A end down." I'll start playing right away and 5A, 6A, not. And, you know, and you can kind of get their, their, again, their guidance is that they're in these higher metropolitan areas. But once you get a few kids together, I mean, it's I not going to change. When you get, so these high schools, like for four, like 4A down, like 4A, I think it's like a, 
it's a little over a thousand people. We should get a thousand high school kids together. Whether you get a thousand or two thousand, if one of them has COVID or if you know more than one have COVID, it's still it's going to be it's going to spread. It's going to spread. So I think that's I I don't see the logic behind it. But we can go on on that forever. I there is one thing I want to talk about that the UIL announced that I absolutely hate. So they announced um, as part of their thing for basketball that they're not going to allow tournaments or showcases to be played during the basketball season. And I hate, hate, hate. This is what I hate more than anything else. And I, so it's do tell. Okay, so you know how I said for um, in football, like the non-district games operate as a preseason, and like you really find out about your team. Mm-hmm. In basketball, it takes a while, even like through the training camp practices and through the non-district games. It's, it takes a long time to really figure out your team, if you ha- especially if you have like new players. If you don't return your whole team from the year before, mm-hmm. it takes you a while to really figure out your team. Where you figure out your team is these tournaments where you're playing four or five games in a span of two days. You, this is where you really figure out who your players are. This is where you figure out your team. And now with the uh, you can't do these tournaments now, you're not going to – Coaches are going to have such a tougher time figuring out their team. The quality of play in district play is going to go down because you don't have these tournaments because these players are not going to play together. I'm going to tell you a little story from when I used to play high school oh, basketball. Oh, man, tell it. So we were um, my junior year. Uh, so I played. I went to high school down in the Valley for McCallum Memorial High School. My junior year, we started off the season as number one ranked team in the region. Mm. Um, and we were, you know, we had a pretty talented team that year. Um, and it was our third game of the year. We were playing a team, Sherryland, who was also very, very good. Um, so we had played two games. It was our third game of the year. So we played our second game over the weekend on a Saturday. That weekend, Sherryland went up to Houston and played a tournament, and they had played like five or six games over the weekend. Wow. So they had had seven games at that point, and we had had two. Okay. We were a more talented team than Sherryland, but they dusted us <laughs> they absolutely dusted us because we were still figuring out right and also we had just gotten our football players back from football season because we had several key players who were playing football that year as well so while we were ranked number one in the preseason but we only had like 40 percent of our rotational guys like for the first two games because they were still they were still playing football sherryland they didn't have that and they had gotten to play seven games together Whereas we only played two, but both of them without like all of our foot, all of our football players. Mm-hmm. So they came, they come into that game, and they, I think they beat us by twenty. Like they just, and maybe, maybe we made it a little bit closer, but they dusted us. It wasn't even close because they had played all these games together. So their chemistry, everything was on another level compared to us, where we're still like figuring out, we're still figuring things out, and the football guys are still working their way back into basketball shape, and all these other things. We hadn't had that time together. And I say that because these tournaments impact teams that much. Yeah. So I'm just I hate this because and also just as I loved tournaments when I was in high school, I just loved, loved, loved them. I loved, I love those tournaments. And now you're taking that away, but you're still gonna allow like if you're gonna allow teams to play each other, it, like like I said, just either do it or don't do it. Right. Like I don't I don't see the purpose of going like sixty percent into it. Well, and, and to you know, again, so much could change just in the next few days. But even in regard to school districts announcing their own plans of where you've seen some schools or school districts say we're not going to start anything until after Labor Day weekend. And I was just reading that uh, Houston ISD is doing online instruction until mid-October. So, 
you know, I've also seen, though, where kids are allowed to come to campus and practice and things like that, even if it's just online instruction or they're staying home in general. But there's going to be a lot affected by that. And and hopefully it all gets changes for the better. And by the time October, November rolls around, uh, we're all just like happy as uh, pigs in mud or whatever. I just hope by the time October, November runs around or comes around, we're like halfway through the NFL season. <laughs> yeah. If we're not, I will cry on this podcast. And let's see right now. So I guess we can transition momentarily. But off the top of my head, I was just thinking about the NBA starting soon. Baseball starting uh, by the end of October. Baseball season will be. It'll be over. It'll be done. NBA. When well, is the NBA? A- NBA. To so game seven would be October 12th. So it'd be done, okay. too. Wow. Football season would They're be kind of doing us in right we, there, we, man. We'd be but see, we'd be like midway through football season. Yeah. So if we have college and pro football, that's more than enough on a sports calendar. See, I believe in baseball year round, so I, I feel like baseball no. as soon as the World Series is over. Okay, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. Year round baseball. We, but right we can here. get into baseball right now. Absolutely. Let's get into baseball. We had real Astro, well, semi real Astros baseball yesterday. Take it back, baby. I don't know what the, the last two days. I don't know what their moniker is this year. I don't know, because we had earn it. You had earn it, take it back, and this season it's going to be just get on the field. Just get on the field. <laughs> Avoid the bean ball. That might be one. Just Okay, so let's so let's talk about this. So they played the Royals yesterday. Slapped them. Uh, yes. Yeah, what was the final score, 15-6? to 15-6. to six. They had five uh, homers. Yeah, so the Astros looked like the Astros. Um, yeah. Surprise. Um but so and the, the Royals looked like the Royals, and the Royals. So yeah, the Royals are not supposed to be very good, and and both teams were throwing out younger, like like you know Altuve, Springer played like four or five innings. Bregman, Correa, like the main yeah. guys played like four or five innings. Like yeah. it was, they didn't treat it like a real game, and they threw a bunch of probably minor league arms yeah. uh, and had a bunch of minor league guys hitting. Well, Altuve even left after he came in at home plate. Oh yeah, it's a contusion, so nothing no, to really worry about. No, it's nothing. And you but can here's tell. my only thing though, as I was thinking, why are you why are you sprinting home? It's an exhibition game, man. You know, just be okay if you're gonna get called out or whatever. Like, why do why are you risking? You get your teammate. You're getting that teammate at RBI. Jose, take it easy. We can't afford to lose. Well, I would have rather him Altuve. slid right there than like, because yeah. that, that's the situation well, where you, you slide. can still slide. Yeah, you just can't. Don't slide into, into the, the catcher. Uh, the catcher, yeah. Like Which, like, you slide and you hit the leagues. back of the plate. Yeah. But so, he only risked then getting his hand stepped on or something like that. But I think he thought he had to beat that kid in right field. I don't know who threw yeah, that in. Yeah, he had a good arm. Yeah, I think was, Altuve uh, thought he'd make it home easily, yeah, and then so. he didn't. So I think that's what happened there. And that kid in right field was like, oh, crap. Almost, I might have got Altuve hurt. Mm. You know? Okay, but so speaking of getting players hurt, the only thing that got publicity about that Astros game yesterday nationally was the fact that three Astros players got hit. So lame. Now, if you watch the game, like Jason and I did, you know that none of those hit-by-pitches were intentional. Two of them barely grazed the jersey of Bregman and Altuve. And the one to Springer, the guy lost control of a breaking ball and it hit Springer in the shoulder. And was that Kovar that was pitching at the time for the Royals? It was a Kovar or something like that. Maybe. He was the one. He was getting rocked anyway. He like walked yeah, the no. bases loaded. Yeah, so uh, he couldn't control anything. But the like guy. the one that hit Springer, the the only one that would have looked bad is the one that hit Springer. He lost control of a breaking ball. Yeah. And the, the reason why, so if you're throwing <laughs> at someone's head, you're not throwing a 76-mile-an-hour curveball. Right. You're throwing 95 yeah. or plus, you know, if you're throwing at someone's head. And I, the one that hit Springer was 76 miles an hour. hit him in the shoulder. And Altuve, like Bregman, it was barely his jersey that got clipped. But that's yeah. ruled a hit by pitch in Major League Baseball. And in Altuve, the only reason it hit him was because he did like a half swing. And his body came forward and the pitch hit, I want to say his forearm. 
it hit below the elbow, so it hit his forearm. That's the only reason why the pitch hit him. So it wasn't intentional. But I just hated the fact that on Twitter the entire night, all I saw oh, was, yeah. oh, ha-ha, the Astros are getting hit. Like, What man. is wrong with people? I don't understand. Well, here's what bothers me. So you know how I said last week, like, no one says on social media. Like, it's social media. This is what I said, and I stick by Poison. it. Poison. Yeah. It, so it's filled with people doing and saying things that they would never do or say in, re, in real Absolutely. life, in reality. So that's what bothers me about social media, one of the many things. But what 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 I don't like is, so what was it, like a month ago or a couple of weeks ago? It was like two weeks ago. Tanaka took that line drive off his head, and that was a scary moment. Sure. Like And that was like a legitimately scary, and everyone freaked out. And rightfully so. It was a scary moment. He Like Stanton hit it back probably like 90, 100 miles an hour back at his head mm-hmm. and everyone like freaked out i hope he's okay i hope he's okay and i feel the same way because it, it was scary but meanwhile those same people are cheering for pitchers to throw 90 100 mile an hour pitches at the astros heads yeah that that is my problem people are hypocrites exactly and fans are the worst i mean they really are the worst fan is short my, for my fanatic typical, my typical reply to someone when they say that is you know why don't you stand in the batter's box and take that one to the head if you're not willing to do it yourself, don't say it to others. And then I'll end up insulting them somehow. Too, you know? They're like, well, I didn't cheat. And I'm like, yeah, your mom did, whatever. And then we move oh, on, you know? gosh. And then, then you go on. But All right. So let, let's talk about some actual Astros topics here. So in the first game that was played on Monday against the Royals, Lance McCullers looked really good. And that's that's so uh, – it's key, man. Did it's you see key. the long hair? number three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he. I mean, it just it, it's it's good to see him back. It's good to see him. It almost looked like he's progressed too. Like there's no step back. So, so what's cr- so what's game. crazy is so he had Tommy John surgery. It used to be when you had Tommy John for a pitcher, it was almost a death sentence. Right. Lance is throwing harder post yeah. Tommy John. Like he would hit about like 93, 94. He was hitting ninety seven on Monday. And his his uh, junk like his uh, off speed pitches. Oh, his changeup looks looks amazing, and that's always a concern too. Is because they say a lot of times the reason guys end up with Tommy John is they put so much torque on their elbow throwing uh, curveballs, things like Mm -hmm. that. And he's obviously a big curveball guy, Um, so that that would be my only concern with him is how good his curve is gonna last or the the torque on his elbow. But when you only have sixty games, and he might get top of my head ten starts, twelve starts, I don't know, something like that. Ten to twelve, yeah. Yeah, Like he, it's not gonna be. That's 70 innings, maybe 80 innings, 90 innings, whatever. And that's good. That's advantageous. Very advantageous. Yeah. Well, like like I said before, he was going to be on an innings restriction mm-hmm. uh, with 162 game season. So he wouldn't be able to pitch the playoffs. Now he will pitch in the playoffs. So Absolutely. I'm very excited. And he looked, he, all the reports out of training camp, which you never know because it's all like, you know, favorable reporters like that reporting on it. So they're always sure. like, oh, everybody looks good. Yeah. But I had heard he had looked good. And so seeing him against another team, and he just looked, he looked really good. So I was excited to see that. Paredes, Paredes, Paredes. Enoli per, uh, Paredes, however you say his <laughs> last name. He looked good, He man. looked really good. He came in firing cannons. Yeah, he looked awesome. But you I, see the clip when Alex Gordon struck out, and he said, wow. That was nasty. Like, uh, he said, wow. Um, but I do want to talk about one area of concern. That Astros bullpen is looking mighty thin right now. Mm-hmm. Roberto Osuna is not going to be ready for the start of the season. Joe Smith has de- has declined to play. Yeah, um, Will Harris is gone, and Smith's an innings. And Col- and Colin McHugh's gone too. Yeah, McHugh's gone. 
you got Peacock out there still. Uh, just thinking off the top of my head, some of these guys in Peacock. I mean, he might rotate in and out of the rotation too, depending we, on the we back, need back uh, two, we need 2017 first half of 2017 Chris Davinsky <laughs> in there. Hey, Devo, uh, I thought looked pretty good though, and he's lost some weight. He looked good in the first inning, not good in the second though. I didn't catch the second. Yeah, his second inning is that's get beat up. Yeah, he got beat up a bit, but maybe he's a one inning guy. I think he is a one inning guy. Well, he because he, he's a two pitch guy. So yeah. you can't if you only have two pitches, you really can't be a multiple inning guy unless you're like Josh Hader and those two pitches are just Filthy, unhittable. Like yeah, Billy Wagner. I mean, just some of those those are closer type guys. Yeah, you know? and Devo. I don't and, think well, Andrew closer. Miller, like you know, 2016. Yeah. Then he fell apart. Um, <laughs> but Devo, I don't think has looked. He hasn't looked nearly as good as that season. And I think he was an All Star that year. Yeah. So if the first, yeah, he was an All Star in 2017. But even like the second half of 17, he wasn't as good. It was that first half of 17. Yeah. He's become kind of pedestrian. Yeah, he really has. But we're going to need him. Brad Peacock, I like that you said him. Brian Abreu, who did not look great yesterday, is another guy we'll probably need because he can eat some innings. And I don't know if Paredes is going to stay up on the big league roster. Probably not. not. What we need is Jose Urquidy to come back at some point. Yeah, and those guys are both on the IL now, which is interesting. Him and Jordan Alvarez. So that maybe – I have not seen anything else about them besides that they ended up on IL. But I'm really wondering, is it because of the corona? Like, maybe they I, tested positive. Well, I've told uh, I said on the last episode, I think they're out of the country, and they can't get back in. And that's scary, too. And, and if so, there's got to be a laundry list of guys in that same situation across baseball. And maybe we're just not hearing about at this stage. Because well, So, I don't know about you, but for me, like, so I am a baseball fan, but I really, like, NFL and NBA, I follow, like, all the national stories. Yeah. In baseball, I really only follow the Astros. Um, so I don't know like what players on other teams are missing. Well, and it's it would be a curious thought. So uh, probably worth you, the listener, look it up yourself. <laughs> but <laughs> you but, do mean, your research. But it would be something of interest because uh, it makes you wonder about teams like the Yankees. I mean, you have guys opting out already. Uh, some big names have opted out of baseball, and if you have guys who just can't even get back in the country right now. That's that's gonna be a little bit concerning, and that's why they have also created the the taxi rosters, like they've said, whatever we're calling it, um, to have guys come up and down. And I don't think the teams are gonna be penalized like they normally would with that. So it's gonna be a really neat season. And one of my favorite pieces that we haven't really discussed yet is the universal DH. I'm all for it. Oh, I'm all for it too. I don't want to see pitchers hit. Never. Ever. I would much rather watch David Ortiz or Jordan Alvarez having yeah. that bat than Justin Verlander. Opposite. I know. Dies, I know. I, I I've seen. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I he dies in that sword, man. Because because I've argued with him before, and it's like talking <laughs> to a brick wall. Yeah. I just don't get into it. Because you want to say why? Why? Why do you want to see a pitcher hit? Oh, I'm a purist. You're a purist. Well, if you go to games these days, you're not a purist anymore. I mean, it's just, <laughs> the baseball is nothing like it was 20 or 30 years ago. It's just changing so much, and it has to change. Also, that's the dumbest reason I'm to like purist. be a fa- yeah. I, oh, I'm a purist. I don't want to see the game evolve. Yeah. Screw you. Nah, it's, it's got to evolve <laughs> some, you know. And there's some things I don't like, but then there's things I do like. And yeah, absolutely. Watching a pitcher bat, it's just a waste, man. It should just walk up there, just just call him out and walk off. Now you have the 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 uh, what do you call it? exceptions to the rule. Zach Greinke who hits a homer every now and then. You're Madison Bumgarner. But it's still very rare. Those guys are still hitting at like a 180 clip. All know? right. So we're about to hit our break right now. But there's one thing for the break I want to say about if this universal so DH, excited. if it sticks, for if it sticks, Woo-hoo. you know who the last pitcher to have a World Series RBI is? No. Lance McCullers. Yeah, I was saying, you, you brought that up the other day. Lance McCullers. Lance McCullers would be the last pitcher in baseball history if the universal DH sticks. 
God, doesn't that have to burn up Yankees fans, Red Sox fans, Dodgers fans, Dodgers fans? Because I mean, that's anybody. what happened against yeah. the Dodgers. But I mean, just that that is just an Astros player that gets. A, I don't think the Red Sox care that name. much. The the Yankees, the for the Yankees, Rangers, and Dodgers, yes, but for the Red Astros, Sox fans are so much better fans than Yankees fans. Put that in permanent writing. Put that in permanent writing. <laughs> I actually, I actually like the Red Sox. But anyway, we're gonna hit a sh- we're gonna hit a short break right now. We have a message from Right On coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be back. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. RightOnCorpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They're the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at RightOnCorpus.com. And we're back. We are back on this wonderful podcast. This is episode four. Episode four. So before we get started, we're going to do a little MLB preview, um, somewhat of an MLB preview. Um, before we get started with that, though, I want to say, so Russell's not here. We figured out something. I think I think this episode is going to sound a lot better. Doesn't I haven't, it sound really good in your ears right it, now? It sounds, your voice sounds so good in my ears, Jason. It's sultry. It's sultry. Oh, it's, I like it. It's amazing. Um but we figured out something to make the sound better, and Russell wasn't here. So once again, hashtag fire Russell. We'll, we'll see. So if we get a text in a couple of days, the two of us, I guess the listener won't get it. But if Jason and I get a text in a couple of days that says, screw you guys, we'll know he listened to the show. Um, it's just an Easter egg. Yeah, it's an Easter egg. This is to see if Russell really listens. This is what we do. So our MLB picks, and we're just doing a few, but... We wanted to throw some out because well, there, the season's about to kick off, and it's going to be a hey, really weird hey, by, by the time people listen to this, it'll be opening day. Sure will. Thursday, uh, two sorry teams, the Yankees and the Nationals, will face off. Two irrelevant franchises. Two of the worst crappy. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken as true Astros fans. Well, you know, and, and when I read, this is, this is just, it's the current times, man, and so much of the Astros hate, and these weaselly journalists... <laughs> they like to just dig wherever they can. So Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer are going to match up in game one of the MLB season. It might be game two. I don't know what time they're playing, but they called it. Yeah, I think they have greatest. four games going four on. Games? Four games on Thursday. They said it's going to be one of the greatest opening day matchups ever. And I just felt like it was a dig. It's a dig that Garrett Cole is now a Yankee. And it's not a dig. It's, it's They can all go to hell. That's what. <laughs> it's not a dig. The Nationals are going to smash the Yankees. Garrett Cole is going to let up like six runs. Yankees fans, there's not going to be anyone to boo. They'll just be angry on Twitter. <laughs> Who's signing this guy? Jo- John Boy will be angry on Send Twitter. Send him back to Houston. We like, yeah, what if sure. we got what if we Bring got jo- what if we got John Boy on the show? Uh, you know, I would talk to that guy. You would talk I to really him. I really would. I think uh, I don't have anything to say to him. <laughs> he's, he's good at what he does. I'll just say that. He's good at what I ha- he does. So you know? I, I have not watched any of his content. I'm sure he is good at what he does. I, I respect him. To do like a base digitally do like baseball content and have a following. Yeah. Like that's hard because baseball does not have a young fan base. So credit to yeah. him. Um he took advantage of a scandal. But yeah, it's just so apparently he already had like a decent there was one oh, it was um Aaron Boone got ejected, or Brett Gardner got ejected for something, and he mm-hmm. did a video, like a like a little short, like funny video, and that's how he blew up, like yeah. initially, and then he blew up a second time with the Astros thing, just pulling stuff out of his butt. Um, <laughs> so, so here's something we're gonna pull out of our butt. So something that we're gonna pull out of our butt, butt is some award picks. So we're only gonna do MVP and Cy Young mm-hmm. because like Rookie of the Year is kind of pointless. Um, yeah, in my opinion, this year. 
So we're going to do MVP and Cy Young. So, Jason, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'll go first. I'm You'll good go with first. that. You'll so go first. as I, the uh, yeah. homer that I am, um, and I really think that uh, – because I, I think he finished second or third last year anyway. He finished second. Alex Bregman is my MVP pick. I think he's uh, going to – I think he's just going to be fired up and so locked in and focused. He got married in the offseason, the elongated offseason. And uh, hopefully man. his wife stays on his ass. Baby Bregg is growing up. Whoa. Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's so weird. And it's it's. I thought he was going to be really good. And then you got to go back to when Alex Bregman started, like when he first got called up. Is yeah. He didn't have a hit for what? Like It was, was like 0 for 27 or something yeah. like that. And people were like, oh, this guy. And it just, he carries so much on his shoulders. He has such a chip on his shoulders. I think it's in, in a good way. And he's able to put that onto the field and make it work for him. So, um, that's my pick for AL MVP. My uh, NL MVP, I didn't put – oh, <laughs> I didn't write it down, but it was uh, Acuna Jr. from the Braves. That's my pick on there. That's what I said earlier, right? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. Because, uh, yeah, his his season last season was pretty amazing, and I think that kid will also translate, and he's so young. And, I um, love Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, and so I think that's going to be my Man, if MVP. We had an actual season, 162 games. He might have had a shot at a 40 40 year. Absolutely. Because I think last year it was 37 homers and 40 some odd steals. Yeah, so he, 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 right just, he just missed it. And I think he was, I think he spent like a little time on the IL last year too. Oh, did he really? I think. Cause I think it was like 144 games, maybe Man. somewhere around there. So he, those he's, are my, that kid's a stud. I love him. Those are my MVP picks. Uh, my Cy Youngs are Shane Bieber, the Biebs. Is he just? Is he related to Justin Bieber in any I way? I hope so. I absolutely hope so. Is he Canadian? Uh, and then my NL is Mike. We we debated so, about how to say his name, but we, what did we settle on? Soraka. Soroka. Soroka. Mike Soroka. Okay, so okay, so for the casual baseball fan out there, who do these guys? Uh, Shane Bieber and Mike Soroka. Who do they play for? Give us a, at least a little something. Without looking it up. Without looking it up. That's the trick, right? Yeah. Thursday. That you have a computer in front of you. Do it. <laughs> do it before you type anything. But it's uh yeah two younger dudes and who are phenomenal and up and coming. Um, Bieber was fantastic. An outside chance too, year. man. Hey, just an outside shot. LMJ. You know, if he's, oh, if he's God, puts it together. You I can't think, be you can't be too much of a homer. You already picked Bregman <laughs> for MVP. I didn't pick Verlander, so that was uh Is that a shot? <laughs> no, I just think that uh he, he Jason enough. took a shot at me right there. Okay. So um oh yeah, you're right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gabe, go with your picks. All right, so I'll start in the American League. My MVP, so this is so your people aren't gonna agree with me on this. Austin Meadows is my MVP pick in the American League. It's a chance. Tampa Bay Rays right fielder. Mm-hmm. So here, and this is not an anti-Yankees thing, the, uh, but I think the Rays are going to win the the American League East. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think that is because they are built through their bullpen, which plays really well in the playoffs. But in a regular season, you don't want to extend your bullpen too much through a 162-game season. In a 60-game season... You can play, you can build your team around your bullpen and really stretch out your bullpen in a 60-game season, and I think yeah. this plays into the Rays' hands. And the, like Garrett Cole's going to have to get used to pitching in Yankee Stadium. He's also going to have to get used to pitching to Gary Sanchez, who can't catch anything in the dirt. <laughs> um, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be funny. Uh, it, it will be hilarious. Um, but I think So I think the Yankees, I, 
I, they're going to make they're going to make the playoffs. They're simply too talented not to. But I think the Rays are going to be really, really good in the sixty game season. It wouldn't surprise me if they had the best record of anybody. It honestly would not surprise me. Well, in a big hole with the Yankees, though, is they're pitching. I mean, their first two are great, but after that... Well, and then Tanaka's out for a bit with that concussion that we discussed earlier that, because of the Stanton line drive. Well, I guess I can't forget about James Paxton. Well, no, so, that's what, so yeah, so when you said first two, rebounds, yeah. the, when you said first two, I was thinking of Cole and Paxton. But Tanaka's going to be out for a bit. Who knows what you get from J.A. Happ? Yeah. Who, so I think the... Um, Domingo... German. Uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he just retired. Yeah, he retired. The but then he unretired. Like, oh, did day, he unretired? Yeah, yeah, the next day. You can't count on that guy. No, so it's... <laughs> He's not good anyway. He's so got it's, like a 5 ERA. So it's, um, so it's just really weird. Um, yeah. But it's so, so the, with, the, like what you're speaking though too is with the Rays pitching. You shut down the the bats and the Yankees. They're done, man. They're so done. it's. But I just think the, I think the it's not so much that it's. I think the Rays are just built for a shortened season. I just hate like the, the way their team is. So I know you do. <laughs> but I think the the Rays are built for a shortened season. They frighten yeah. me in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna say, so Rightfully Austin Meadows so. is my MVP pick. I think you're gonna have to make the playoffs this year. Uh, Mike Trout's awesome, but you have to make the playoffs this year to win MVP, in my opinion. If you should be able to carry your team through 60 games, Austin Meadows is my MVP pick. My Cy Young pick, as we touched on, is Justin Verlander. Now, you said he might not have might not have enough left in the tank, but here's why he does. Verlander, the last two years, has been awesome the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And then it's about August, September when he starts to tail off a little bit, and then in the playoffs is when he really loses some miles an hour off that fastball. Yeah, 60-game season? He's not falling off at all. I think we're going to see 2017 Justin Verlander this year. I think he is going to be awesome. I think his ERA will sit in the low twos, maybe even in the ones. And I think Justin Verlander is going to have a monster 60-game season, carry that Astros pitching staff to another AL West title and to the playoffs once again. Justin Verlander, AL Cy Young. So he might get, let's say if he gets uh, 80 innings pitched, um, and, and hundred strikeouts. Yeah, hundred strikeouts. Low walks. Keeps a home run ball under I don't control. Think it, I'll, 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 I won't say he gets hundred strikeouts. So that's going to be hard to do in sixty games. But I mean, okay, uh, he's only going to get ten to twelve starts. Yeah. So it's he would if he got ten starts, he would have to get ten strikeouts a start, which would just be absurd. It's feasible though. It's if, possible. If he's, if he's just out there launching. It's possible, but it's not really plausible. And then you're going to have um, Grinky behind him. And Coming McCullers. This is 64 mile per hour. Curve, <laughs> that curve that Ephus pitch he throws. <laughs> uh, well, let's go to the National League now. For me, uh, my MVP, Christian Yelich. Um, yeah, and I, I like just that. I just I think like he's it. awesome. I, yeah, I struggled between him, Acuna, and uh, and Javi Baez. Um, so Christian Yelich, my MVP pick. And my Cy Young pick, he was awesome last year in the playoffs. He was damn near unhittable last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Steven Strasburg. Yeah. Washington that's Nationals. That's my that's my Cy Young pick. I think he'll be incredible. I think he's, and I think we talked about it before the show. And you you made the point like you have a playoff run like that, it can really propel you into the next season. And in the shortened season, he might just ride that wave all the way through a dominant sixty game stretch. And I feel like he had a lot to prove uh, going into the playoffs last year. Like he was he was he had a good twenty nineteen anyway, but in the playoffs he was very dominant. And I I feel like because. Uh, he was always really good. He was super talented. Yeah, it's just he, he wasn't. You know, it wasn't great. Like he, he took was, that step last year. Yeah, and he, so I think it's it's good for him. And uh, the Nationals still look really good, man. Especially their pitching, just overall. So uh, surprise teams. So yeah, we're each gonna pick one surprise team. I'll let we'll let you go first. 
Uh, this is mine and a little bit of it's personal is just because I want this team to really knock off the Dodgers. But I think the Padres have enough to put it together in this short abbreviated season to uh, possibly dethrone the Dodgers or at least be the wild card out of the NL. But I think the Padres, uh, my biggest concern with them is pitching, but they have a lot of good young bats. And they have a guy named Manny Machado right in the middle of that too. Man, him and Fernando Tatis on the left side Oof. of that infield. So yeah. it's um so with a young team like the Padres, it can either like this could either be amazing for them because they get off to a hot start and just ride that wave, or they get off to a bad start and it just you know it just yeah. snowballs. So it can go one way or the other. But I like the pick because they're super very talented teams. Like you know that's a very talented team that's under that maybe underperformed a bit. But they have a lot of good young players in the lineup and on the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that pick, but I have a different one, um, as usual. Uh, <laughs> the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Um, so here's why. Dallas Keuchel in his 2015 Cy Young year. and in Son 20, of a bitch. And in oh, 20, sorry. Oh, gosh. And in 2017, he, he got off to great starts those yeah. years. Um, he got off to a great start. So I think in a 60-game season, he's going to be able to get off to a great start. And then that's his season. He gets off to that great start, those first 10 to 12 starts. Mm-hmm. So I so I think – and then Lucas Giolito is another young guy. Having Keiko a veteran in the rotation is going to help him out a lot. They're going to have two very high-level pitchers and young bats. They got Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. They got uh, Yon Moncada. And then they brought in Edwin Encarnacion in free agency and Yasmani Grandal. So that lineup's looking really, really good. Like my, my, pop. my big so my big pick i think the white Sox dethrone the twins in the central i think chicago white Sox win the al central this year i would like that the twins are just boring <laughs> like I mean, it's just they're it, unwatchable well it's it's because it, they're in minnesota like they don't have like high profile players but they're good i mean they they, 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 they are have, very what, they, set the record for they, home runs last they, year yeah they did they won like 102 games last year and it year. was very like a quiet method about it now they play in a very weak al central besides the white Sox. the tigers are terrible well, like the well the cleveland indians, came on like late yeah. last season and the indians might they, and this might be a good setup for the indians too because i think they had a lot of injuries last they, season they lost some starting pitching depth yeah. so i think not having starting pitching depth is okay in this season if you have two 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 good starters, yeah, which they do the in Bieber and Clevenger. Yeah. And then they got uh, Lindor, Jose Ramirez. Gosh, I'm talking myself into the Indians now. <laughs> um, but they have Lindor, Jose Ramirez. They got from Mil Reyes, one, a young power hitter. They, mm-hmm. uh, Kipnis isn't there anymore. The but they, could but be they have, pretty competitive. Oh, it, this year it will. Because I think the White Sox are starting to come up. The Twins are really, really good. And the Indians still have a lot of pieces from that World Series team. I think baseball overall is going to be very competitive this season. And uh, where I'd, I had read... I don't know who it was, ESPN or someone picked the Rays to have the most wins out of the season, but it was like 34 and 26. And I thought, that's only eight games above 500, but that might be what you're looking at. But see, in in baseball, you don't get teams that win. Like in the NBA, like the really good teams win 75 to 80% of their games. Right. In football, a really good team goes, like the Ravens last year went 14 and two. Mm -hmm. In baseball, a really good team wins 103 games. Well, 103 wins is like 60 103 is 60 percent of your games yeah you're still losing so you're like 59 so games. that so it's still 34 and 26 is it's still a lot of on, losing it's on it's still on that pace because in baseball you if you win two out of three games the from the for the entire season you win the world series so speaking of world series i was just looking at our notes and i started laughing because <laughs> we we have similar picks but it was the it's the after this the in the parentheses that made me laugh um, so my pick, actually, Gabe, 
You do your pick first. Oh, you're going to let me go first. You go first this time. All right. So my World Series pick, not to be a homer, <laughs> but I have the Astros beating the Dodgers in the World Series. I think the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. I don't mm-hmm. think the—so I look at the other teams in the National League because I don't want to pick the Dodgers to be there because they, they're they <laughs> they're buying a team right now. They're about to sign Mookie Betts, Absolutely. it appears. They might, they might have already signed him by the time you listen to this, but— it looks like 10 years, $250 million. Something crazy and dumb. Something crazy. They're paying David Price like $30 million not to play this year. They're paying A.J. <laughs> Pollock like $10 million not to play. Um, yeah. So it's just they're buying a team, so I don't want to pick them, but I don't think the Braves are ready to make that deep playoff run. And then I look in the Central, and I don't see um, – I just don't see a contender in the National League Central. The Cubs, the Brewers um, – I, the Reds, I just don't see a contender in that division. They've all fallen off quite a bit. So yeah, I just I think the Dodgers are the the team in the National, and maybe the, maybe it is the Nationals again. But I don't think the Nat the Nationals. I remember they went five games with the Dodgers last year, and if Dave Roberts would have brought in anybody besides Clayton Kershaw late in the game, the Dodgers are probably playing the Astros in the World Series. Yeah. So it's um, and even last year I the Nationals. So. If Josh Hader doesn't blow the save in uh, the wild card game, the Nationals don't even make it to the division series, sure. much less the World Series. Sure. So it's uh, the Nationals <laughs> need a lot to go right for them last year, and they, and then they lost Anthony Rendon. Yeah. To the Angels in free agency, so mm-hmm. I just I look at the National League and it's hard not to pick the Dodgers as much as that I'd like the Braves young players. So I'm taking a shot at you here, um, <laughs> but I, so I like the Braves young players. I yeah. just don't think they're ready for to beat the Dodgers in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have Astros over Dodgers. I'll take. I'll say in six games in the World Series. That, uh, yeah, and I'd be fine with that just as well. I would not. I would be okay with being wrong in this situation because um, I just have the same Astros. I don't think we were talking about this earlier. I, besides the Yankees, I don't think there's another American Man, League team that's I'm, equivocal. The, the Rays scare me. The Rays are scary. Uh, I think the Rays' biggest issue might be their offense, but their their pitching is so dominant. Man, um, but they have a lot of guys that get on base. Yeah. And, it, and it's they it's, don't have like that one big effective. power bat. They yeah. don't have like a Bellinger or a Judge or a Stanton or you know a Springer out. Like they don't have like a superstar hitter. Although I think Austin Meadows might develop he into might one this Boston. year. Yeah. Um. But they don't have a ton of guys like that. But they don't have a lot of. You don't look at their lineup and say, "Oh, that's an out." There's nobody in that lineup that you're just like, "Oh, that's an out." It's a like not a star-studded lineup, but it's a deep lineup with like, right. a lot of tough to get out guys. Kind of built like an NL team, is yeah. What it seems like, but now with the Universal DH, that that whole theory could be going away. So. And they play out of their bullpen, which is scary as crap. But I do have the Astros and Braves in the World Series, and one of the reasons I picked the Braves is I just think their young pitching is phenomenal, the young hitting is phenomenal, um, and they they really pushed it last season, and it might be a breakout year for them. But um, either or. We both agreed with the Astros winning this World Series, and we'll see. And it might be a little bit of a, a homer touch there, but it's hard It's hard not to, though. I think they're very motivated. They're I'm, pissed off. I'm letting everybody know, if the Astros win this World Series after what I've had to endure this offseason <laughs> as an Astros fan, I'm going to be unbearable. Can you imagine? I, I, oh, my gosh. Astros Twitter will be I'm going start. to be so freaking annoying. I will lead the parade down in downtown Houston if the Astros win the World Series. I will lead the freaking parade. You have to go You're there. With, at, you have to go there with no shirt on. I will uh, go beer with guzzling hat. I, I will go with no shirt. I have my giant uh, styrofoam cowboy hat. <laughs> I I will wear it one day here. Um, I will go with no shirt on. I'll start working out right now. I need to work out anyway. Yeah, me I too. will start working out right now to lead the parade with no shirt on. 
if there's a parade, I'll be there too. You'll be. Will you, will you lead it with I me? I was planning on the parade last season, and it might have jinxed things. I don't know. You so know. you're the reason. I was very we excited. Lost. I mean, my God, we got what six outs away. Seven, eight, but eight? yeah, yeah. Let's not relive this right now. <laughs> we we'll do that over lunch. Um, Here's a chance that the Nationals could also be there again, and I'm I'm not going to discount the Nationals because no, I, I mean they lost Rendon, but. Uh, th- that pitching's still intact, and that pitching's more mature in this season. Yeah, and also they added Will Harris in the bullpen. I thought their bullpen was a little weak. <laughs> how 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 nice would it be if it was a rematch and Will Harris comes in? And he's facing like and we Alvin hit Duvet. the game winning home oh. run off Will Harris this time instead of and Will then, Harris giving up the home run for us. And then whoever hits it just moonwalks around the the diamond. I like Will Harris, Will Harris though. We don't need to clown Will Harris. Yeah, I, don't I like, like Will anymore. Harris. I don't like him anymore, man. He oh. wore he wore a World Series championship shirt for the Nationals in an interview the other day. I saw that. I don't that like was, that. That's whenever I just cut. Hey, me. well he uh he gave up the go ahead home run in Game Seven, so he helped win of, them it that it World Series. For him. Yeah, Maybe they, they gave him extra money for allowing that home run. <laughs> what a turd! Uh, so um, the NBA bubble. I am optimistic. You killed my optimism. Mm-hmm. But I am optimistic again because baseball is allegedly going to happen. Um, by the good. time you're listening to this, real games hopefully will have been played. And the NBA is starting to scrimmage today, which is Wednesday. They're going to start scrimmaging today. So there's a chance. There is a chance. And in the NBA bubble, no positive tests of people in the bubble. When guys have even been allowed to leave on emergencies or whatnot. And, and they come back uh, in quarantine. Yeah. And yeah. Westbrook is uh, corona free, apparently. And he'll be ready to go, I guess, on Friday, supposedly. Hey, the the bubble Ooh. is working. We're gonna we're going to play basketball this year. I think it's it's all sounding pretty good, man. Um, I was gonna check that MLB schedule real quick again because now I'm curious when. Now, so starting. I'm wearing so a very. You keep going with your NBA. I, I'm I'm wearing a very loud San Francisco Giants uh, Hawaiian ish shirt Which I today. Bought. Yeah, so it it's a celebrate. I don't have an Astros one. Um, that's a shame. I know. But it's to celebrate the start of baseball season. Like, by the time you're listening to this, it will be opening day. Yeah, so first game is going to be, um, and I know we were getting into the NBA real quick, but um, when you have people with ADD, this is what happens. Um, but, yeah, first game is going to be 6.08 Central Time, Yankees and Nationals. Oh, I thought there were afternoon games on um, uh, tomorrow. <sighs> Not like old real baseball, you know. I used to skip work for that every year, dude, in the Army. <laughs> Almost every year, I would figure out a way to be out of work for opening day, and I'd be like in my bathroom watching the game. I, games I, apl- I applaud you for that. <laughs> I skipped school a couple times, like in high school, for it opening day. It should be day. a national holiday. Okay? The, no, what needs to be a national holiday? This is a different se- segment. <laughs> but what needs to be a national holiday is the day after that Monday after the Super Bowl needs yeah. to be a national holiday. And you know what we should call it? Why play the Super Bowl on a Sunday? But evening? you know, you know what you, we should call that day. Hangover Monday. Hangover Monday, yeah. I'd be fine with that, but I'm, I'm good with opening day too. But anyway, but you have those two games and then also the Giants and Dodgers in the evening, and that's uh, 9.08 Central Time. Um, and awesome matchups. But when I look and see that the Giants are throwing out Johnny Cueto as their opening day starter, that shows how much the Giants have changed in the last few years. I mean, Cueto is not bad, but he's he's past Man, his prime. Johnny Cueto well dusted prime. us in the 2015 playoffs. Yeah. You remember that in Game 5? He, uh, I mean, he was... He he had some outstanding uh, stretch there, but it hasn't really elongated into like this successful career 
Well, he's had, he's had a solid well, career. I feel like his his days are past. Like I really feel like he the was, Giants have nobody else though. The Giants have nobody else. They the have guys fallen they've off. signed have all just not panned out. Evan Longoria. And it goes back. I mean, we could really get in a stretch of that one, but just going back to like uh just the way the Giants have operated for years, man, when they brought Barry Zito in, you know? Uh what was his face? Uh <laughs> Timmy, um Tim Lincecum? Yeah, like he but was he, great, but he, and then but suddenly he had, just... Wrecked, well, I think that man. was like injuries with Lincecum. And he just was done, though. Was man, really remember wrecked. the beard, Brian Wilson? Yeah. Gosh, we're going like... <laughs> I hope Sorry. y'all are baseball fans. Um, <laughs> they better be. They better be. If, so. if you're listening to this show, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Giants, have they have fallen off a cliff. Uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> By the time you're listening to this, this podcast will drop on Thursday morning. Yeah. Uh, it'll be baseball opening day. And then Friday evening, the first Astros game against the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. And the NBA will be having their uh, exhibition games. They'll be having their and exhibition games. I think that happens today, actually, for the first time. So that'll be all pretty exciting, man. Yeah. And not only that, what is today? July 22nd. So we're eight days away from NBA season starting, right? Yeah. July, July 30th. 30th. Yeah. So things Man, are going along. And hockey, I don't know if y'all watch hockey, but hockey starts August 1st. So I love playoff hockey. I don't watch regular season hockey. Yeah. I love exciting. playoff hockey, though. So regular season hockey starts August 1st? I think they're going right into the playoffs. All right, cool. That's going to be pretty awesome. I'm about it. So yeah. and, so I saw something yesterday on Twitter. I don't, someone might want to fact check this for me. I haven't fact checked it, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, hashtag journalism. Hashtag journalism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but so like across like the four major sports like in the last few days there have been over 4000 i think like 4100 coronavirus tests done and only two have been positive of like for players personnel like period and only two have been positive wow so like the the bubbleization we you said that on the yeah yeah or bubbleized we need to trademark we that we need to trade so the bubbleization of sports it is working <laughs> so like that so that's why i'm optimistic cuz you're seeing it's working. Now we'll see once game hopefully once games start to play, like nothing happens. Nothing serious happens. Um but it's working. Like it looks like we're gonna have sports and I'm so happy about it because without it, our lives don't have meaning to <laughs> <laughs> the dark days are almost over. Uh and, and it's it's gonna be interesting for football whenever we get there. Um NFL, college, whatever is uh it's just there's so many more so Man, high more school personnel. football. We need some high school football in the coastal bend. And I think high school football might it, it it's gonna pan out one way or and the other. You told me you would get Phil Danaher on the show here. We will. I I, I think I can do that. I can just knock on his door. So I Phil Danaher is the <laughs> you live right down the street from I him. don't know if he'll come here though. We might have to go on location. I w- yeah, I wouldn't mind go, going on location. We'll have to go to the high school to Danaher Field. What if we just go to Danaher's house? Maybe. I mean, he's around Dan, the corner. Dan, okay, it's just, Dan, that's, Danaher Manor. That's one of the things with Cal <laughs> Allen is everybody lives around the corner from somebody in that little tiny community. And so. you happen to live around the corner from the winningest coach in the history of the state of Texas. Yeah, no, we just need to get him a title, man. I wish that somehow, some way. Hey, this might be the year. We'll talk to him about that. Yeah, I think that would be a, a, a super question. And I know it's one he probably doesn't enjoy answering. Because nobody wants to be the Dan well, Marino of high school football. Because he's had a great, and also just like in the coastal, man, it is hard unless you're like Refurio in a mm-hmm. lower division. Like these, these Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, Dallas schools, Austin, yeah. it is hard to beat them. Yeah. Because you just you we're just not getting in the coastal bend. We don't have fifteen Division one players a year. Yeah, the level on of a team is night and day. Yeah, and it, you so you go like. Galena Park North Shore won a state championship cool. last year. Yeah. And it's like 
their back, so their starting running back, who was number one running back in the country, was suspended for the state title game. Right. Their backup running back was committed to Utah. <laughs> the backup running back. Yeah. And they won a state title anyway without the number one running back in America. It's the, wild. The, uh, so it's just in, in Corpus Christi, in the Coastal Bend, we just don't have that level of talent. So winning a state championship here is just hard if you're playing in those higher divisions, which is mm-hmm. why now I'm happy they're in 4A because I think they have a real shot. And it's um, but he's had a great career anyway. Absolutely, and it makes you wonder though. Say if he had chosen to coach in Austin or San Antonio or Houston, what his coaching career might look like. How many titles would he have under his belt, running the wing tee, and having a, a good collection of coaches too? Because he's always brought in really good coaches, and that's been the big help. And uh, just might what that might look like. Well, so, so if you're a good coach, you're going to attract other good coaches. Sure. Because like if I was yeah. a young up and coming coach, um. Mm-hmm. Because like I know like kind of in the region who the good basketball coaches are. I'm not gonna really drop names because I don't yeah. want to offend anybody. Um, but I know who the good basketball coaches are. Mm-hmm. So if I started to, and it's something I thought about before, just like going to coaching basketball, just because I love it. Um, I would um, like I would go and try to work for them, like yeah. for the for the guys I consider really, yeah, yeah, to learn from them. Right. Uh, because it's not just coaching the game, but it's also running a program. Mm-hmm. So if I'm an up and coming football coach and I'm in the Coastal Bend. Who am I going to want to work for? Yeah, like it's Dan Hur and there's a short list of other guys. Um, yeah. that's like that's how you want to run your program because they have success doing it, and mm-hmm. him more than anybody else. Like he's the winningest coach in the history of the state. Yeah, like if he was running, if he was coaching in, you know, Galena Park North Shore or um, Katy High School, who's won a bunch of state titles, or like um, Duncanville in Dallas, Could or you imagine. Highland Park, or Holy what's the – South Lake Carroll. That's what I was trying to think of. South Lake Carroll, they, who they have a quarterback right now who is absurd. He's going to be a junior. Um, I pay attention way too much to high school. When I was in high school, we had two 2,000-yard rushers in one season. Two 2,000-yard rushers in one season. But think yeah. about that just generally speaking, though. So say if you have that kind of impact of, of coaching that leads to that, and, and you know, and you, you're going to say something about competition generally because uh, – a lot of things are built on lines. Man, Cal Allen offensive lines have always rolling. been really yeah, I mean, good. I knew some of these guys back then, and I was young, but they were uh, they were just big kids, you know, and rolling others. But uh, you go up somewhere like in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or Houston, and you're choosing from guys that are all uh, a bunch of Gabe Myers on the line, and then you're, you, you have a couple of talented running backs. Man, you're rolling, dude. And God forbid you got a quarterback that actually has an arm and can throw downfield. Dude, I'm telling you, South Lake Carroll's got a kid right now who's going to be the he's the best high school football quarterback since I guess you would say Trevor Lawrence, who was like four years ago. Wow! Like he'll be the best prospect yeah. since Lawrence. Um, he's a junior right now, and he's already like he's a stud. And that's been a talent fountain for like 30 years yeah. now. The South Lake area, yeah, What's South, going on up there. Someone I mean, should investigate. Well, are you in like Alito outside of Dallas? They've won like eight of the last hey, nine titles. And going back when they were in 3A, South Lake was dominant. Man, they were rolling. And they're in 6A in, now. They were Farmville that grew in a townville, I guess. Well, that's what happened to like all those schools. Like so, yeah. so it's funny because in Houston, steroids. What? <laughs> oh, HGH man. in the water. But so in Houston, it's like the schools in the city typically that are better. Yeah. But in Dallas, it's all the suburb schools that are right. really, really good. It's is that really well for Houston? Except for Katie. Katie yeah. is really. But Katie's is got like a hundred thousand kids in her school district. Yeah. I mean, they have so much to choose from, and our school districts down here are so small. 
and we don't we don't we just don't have the uh the talent pool to choose from so that's why i'm excited about cal allen being in 4a i'm glad you're excited about I, cal I'm, allen. I'm, I'm i'm well i think so i think cal allen miller port lavaca because man i think miller can do some damage too because Miller in that 5A district last year in mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Veterans Memorial and Flower Bluff, yeah. they were putting up like 60 points a game. It was like Nobody school, could man. stop them. And I'm happy. So I, I'm not happy that 5 and 6, they have to wait a month to get their um, – Totally silly. To I think it's silly. But I'm happy that Miller's in 4A and gets to start on time because Miller, a lot of their super talented guys, like their quarterback, Andrew Body and a lot of their receivers, they play basketball as well because Miller's more of the basketball school down here. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be able to keep those basketball players on the football field. So that so I'm I think Miller, Port Lavaca, Cal Allen, I think they all have a chance. And the rankings show it because they're all in the top ten in the state in the preseason rankings. I think all those schools have a chance to make it to Arlington, to Cowboy, to Jerry World, to AT and T Cowboy Stadium, playing that state championship. With no fans. With no, f- hey, I, I'll be there <laughs> regardless. Right. I I will be there. That's uh, and that might change by then, and hopefully, it hopefully does. it does. I, man, have you ever been to that before, Jerry World? No, like to the state championships. Oh man, no, honestly, dude, I, don't think it, so. I went last year for the first time. It's awesome. They end up with I, like what about eighteen thousand, twenty thousand people in the stands dude, somewhere for in that football for, park? for the Duncanville uh, North Shore game. There was about sixty thousand. What? Yeah, it's wild. I think it was like sixty four thousand. I'd have to double check. That's crazy. Was that the game that was like double overtime or something like that? So, when, so what happened? Was that so two years ago? So it was a rematch. Two years ago, those two teams played in the state championship, mm-hmm. and North Shore won on a hail mary at the buzzer. Okay, so that was two so, years ago. So then last year was the rematch okay. of that, and then so North Shore the, won again. Yeah, I remember the last second. That was impressive. Yeah, that was exciting. That yeah, because that was also back and forth. Yeah, and it was before you were born. But if you have ever seen the highlight of Plano East versus Plano, it was a state. I want to say it was a state title game, or maybe it was just a playoff game. I think it was probably just a playoff game because they the way the brackets you know I'm talking were, about. Yeah, it I know was what you're like it would about. ended up being forty something to forty something, and it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it was just awesome, man. Um, games like that that really only happens in high school. Like you don't there there is a special feeling of like the Friday Night Lights yeah. in high school football. But man, I think that. Before we get too deep into high school football, uh, <laughs> but it's a go sign too deep of things to come, and and hopefully, and we might have uh, Lynn Hayward on on our next episode. Who's the he covers high school sports for the Collar Times here. Oh, he'd be and, an awesome guest. Yeah, and he'll he'll be great to talk about it because I I'd, I'd like to deep dive a little bit more into the UIL, uh, you know, just how this is going to affect well, teams. I also been what I also want to know from him, um, and of course, if you guys want to know anything, uh, hit us up on our Right On Sports Facebook right page. Right On Right On. Yeah, Right On Sports. Uh, let us know what you want to hear, and then leave reviews on the podcast as well. Um, but I, what I want to know from Len Hayward, because like you said, he has a really good pulse on what's going on. Mm-hmm. I want to know, like, what are the coaches thinking? Yeah, because that, that's what I want. Like, how do the coaches feel about this? Sure. Uh, that so that's what I'm really curious about. Yeah, especially if they they had no opportunity to provide input, uh, that would be actually not surprising. Man, <laughs> probably not. I it, equate the UIL to the NCAA. It's you know, all it's, it's like, suits making all the decisions. Yeah, all the suits up in Austin, man. But I think that wraps up our time today. Let's wrap it up. We're gonna go get lunch. Mm, so hungry. Me so too. Uh, yeah, and speaking of that, I'm big into this about supporting local, and I consider Whataburger local. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> Started in Corpus Christi, baby. Yep. Oh, all we right. got one right across the street too. <laughs> Thankfully. All right. So, thanks y'all, for listening, guys. Y'all uh, have a great week. Yeah, keep up the support. We really appreciate it, and always appreciate the feedback. This has been Right on Sports. I'm Jason Casera. Still, Gabe Myers. <laughs>